All right, we're going to go into a time of the word, so please do grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. And turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 12. As always, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. I was thinking that since this is our last Sunday in person, you guys won't mind me taking my time today. I trust none of you are in a rush, so if I take a break during my sermon after 90 minutes, we can have a toilet break and then (laughs) continue. Mark chapter 12, I'm reading one verse, verse 30. Have you found Mark? Just one person. Have you found Mark? Have you found Mark 12? Have you found Mark 12, verse 30? Or are you waiting for it to come on the screen? Yeah. Mark 12, 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Someone say mind. And with all your strength. Lord, we just want to thank you once again for the opportunity to come together, to go into a time of your word. We pray, Lord, that our hearts, uh, our minds will be open to receive everything that you have in store for us. Let our ears be open so that this word may fall on good ground and germinate in our lives. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. So the title of my message this morning is Mindful. Mindful, an emphasis on the full being spelt differently. Mindful. Someone say mindful. Now, many of you will be aware that I recently have returned to church after a break and taken um, some time out, which was um, a wonderful thing for me to do and really, really helped me get some rest. However, during my break and how I planned it, one of the things that I quickly realized in the first week of my break is that though I had arranged my schedule so that I wasn't doing much physically, I still found myself somewhat very tired and at times somewhat still drained. And it was a stark reminder to me that actually true rest is more mental than it is physical. And actually... If you're not resting mentally, it's very hard to rest physically. And sometimes we get rest physically, but we can't enjoy that rest because our minds are full, which affects our sleep and affects our inability to truly rest. And I actually realized that if I'm going to enjoy rest physically, I've got to get it right mentally because you can rest physically and still be tired mentally, which will only gradually lead to you being tired physically anyway. And so today, I want to talk to us about our minds. I want to talk to us about our minds, because the Bible has a lot to say about the mind. And we are going to be jumping through scriptures, a lot of scriptures, very quickly. So I would encourage you to take notes and also to listen back to this sermon in order to uh, get the fullness of what I'm sharing today. Now, I guess if we're going to be talking about the mind, we have to begin with the question, what is the mind? Well, in the Bible, the mind and the heart are often interlinked and are usually one and of the same. So, for example, the word phrenia comes from the Greek phren, which means mind okay but not just that 
The word phrenia, translated in the Greek, which means friend, also means the seat of emotions and refers to the region around the heart. So the heart and the mind are often interlinked, okay? But typically, in the word of God, in the New Testament, Greek mind comes from the word friend, which comes from phrenia. That's how we get words like schizophrenia. Schizo in the Greek means split. Phrenia means mind, hence split mind. But in layman's terms, and I've got a definition that will come up on the screen, the mind is the set of faculties that includes cognitive aspects such as consciousness, thinking, perception, imagination, judgment, language, intelligence. Ask the person next to you, do you have that last one that he just mentioned? And memory, to name a few. And of course, it has non-cognitive aspects such as instinct and emotion also. So since we're going to be talking about the mind, let's begin this morning with a task that I'm going to give you a minute to complete. So please have your phones and your notebooks ready. I want to challenge you for a moment to think about what you think about. That's what I want to do. I want to challenge you to think about what you think about. I want you to imagine for a moment that your mind is a box, right? And I want you to take a minute in your notes or on your phone to write down at this moment everything that is in that box, okay? So please go ahead, take a moment. Imagine your mind is a box. Those of you watching online, imagine that your mind is a box. I'm talking about your mind, not your head. Imagine your mind is a box. Write down the things that are currently filled with it. I want to know what it is that you think about, and I want you to think about what you think about. Now, we're not asking for essays, so we're not looking for a thesis, but just put down a list of things that are currently on your mind. Does anyone here have one thing down? Or your brain is totally empty? You can talk to me. You have one thing down? Two things? Three things? Four things? Five things? More than five things? We'll pray for you at the end of service. <laughs> All right, what I want you to do is take a minute. If you feel comfortable with the person or person sitting next to you to discuss just one of those things that are currently on your mind and why it's on your mind. So go ahead. If you feel comfortable, just one of those things that are on your list, I want to know what it is and why it's on your mind. For those of you joining us online, the question is, what is on your mind? Write it down and then take a moment to tell us, if you feel comfortable, what it is that's on your mind. You can put it in the comments, you can put it in the chat section. We want to know what is it that's currently filling your mind during this season. Okay, swap over if you haven't. Don't take up all the time. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Just one thing on your mind, not your whole mind. 
Just one thing. Okay. Having now done that task, I want you to be reminded, not just from here on in, but as you go forward, that when you think about all the things, okay, that fill your mind, I want you to know that it's not so much what's in or on your mind alone that's a problem. Actually, it's how you think about or towards those things on your mind. So it's not so much that these things are on your mind that's a problem, it's how you think towards those things. Now we see from the Word of God, we see from the Bible that our minds become heavy, they become full, and they become weighed down when we do the following three things. Number one, when we become anxious. When we become anxious. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 29. It says, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink. Look at the last five words of that verse. What does it say? Nor have an anxious, what does it say? Mind. Now, to give you some context, Jesus is preaching here and he's telling them not to worry about tomorrow, what they will wear, what they will eat and the like, because he takes care of the birds of the air. He takes care of the lilies of the field, let alone us. And so he is reminding us that he is our provider. He is our countenance. He is our sustenance. And then concludes with the fact that we should not have an anxious mind. Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things, Jesus said to Martha. Now, my question is, Jesus said this in scripture then, right? Is this still relevant to us today? Absolutely, because we know that there are many people who are anxious at this given time, especially during this season about many things. But I want you to know that anxiety weighs our mind down and it causes us to have a heavy mind. And that's why we must be mindful about what our mind is full of. The second thing that causes our minds to be heavy and causes our minds to be weighed down is when we are double-minded. When we are double-minded. James chapter 1, verses 5 to 8 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double what? Minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, one of the symptoms of low mood and being stressed is indecision. When someone is often indecisive and it's not normally how they are, you are likely to see some sort of low mood or stress attached to it. And the way it works is that indecision is linked to doubt. When we doubt, we question God's ways. Then we begin to panic and we allow fear to settle in. And then this leads us to try and change things in our own strength that we ought to leave to God to do. And that's how we then enter into anxiety and stress once again. We should leave the things that we cannot change and control to God so that we don't force ourselves to be people who are heavily minded. And the third thing that causes our minds to become heavy and weighed down is number three, when we set our mind 
on things of the flesh. When we set our minds on the things of the flesh. Romans chapter 8 verses 5 to 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you want life and peace, be spiritually minded. That's what this scripture is telling us. Now, the word flesh there is the same word as carnal in that very same scripture. And we know what it means to be carnal. It has reference to pleasure, being sensual and focusing on things that gratify the flesh. However, carnality isn't just that. Carnality is when we are moved by the flesh to do what you know you shouldn't do intentionally. So, for example, it's to hold bitterness in your heart towards something or someone. It is to hold unforgiveness in your heart towards something or someone when you know you shouldn't. That is also carnality. And when we do that, not do these things just cause us to sin, they also cause our minds to be heavy and our hearts to be heavy. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy verses 1 and chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Why is this important? It is important because 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you can write this down and read this in your own time. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 to 5 tells us that we take every thought captive because there is a battle for our minds. We take every thought captive so that evil thoughts do not try to corrupt a sound mind. And how many of you know that most of what we face is a mind thing? If you can win the battle in the mind, you can win the battle. Because the challenges that we face typically are of the mind. Now, talking of the mind, if you've done psychology, you might have heard of Daniel Seberg's model or hand model of the brain. And it works a little bit like this. So if you've got your hand, let's say, the arm represents your spine, okay? And then what you have here is you have your palm, which represents your brainstem. You have your thumb, which is your limbic system where your emotions and your thoughts are, okay? And these are all interconnected by the frontal cortex, okay? So you've got your brainstem, you've got your limbic system where your feelings, emotions are, and they are all connected, okay, with the frontal cortex. Now, what we learn in psychology is that whenever we go into fight, flight, or freeze mode, this system disconnects. Your emotions, your feelings disconnect from your thinking and from your frontal cortex, which is designed to keep it all integrated. What we also find is that the more and more that you find yourself in situations where you're in fight, flight, or freeze mode, and the more and more that this disconnects, every time this disconnects, it suppresses your immune system. And your immune system gets weaker and weaker. And then you become more prone to physical illness. You become more um, um, susceptible to depression to sadness. And if you're not careful, what happens is it disconnects so much that it cannot reconnect properly again, 
And that's where mental illness will occur. So my question to you is, what is it in your life that is a fight for you, that is causing you to run from, that is causing you anxiety and is causing you to freeze, that could be affecting your thinking, your feelings, your emotions, and actually having bigger consequences on your mind than you think. Because every time this becomes disconnected, we put ourselves in trouble mentally. What are you fighting, running from, or stuck in that's causing your mind to be heavy and disconnect that you need to change your thinking towards? And it's because of this that the Bible actually tells us what we should do with our minds. And this morning, I want to give you just three of those things. Are you ready for them? Okay, number one, we are told to guard our heart and minds. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. Now, remember I said that the heart and mind are often linked in Scripture. Let's look at these verses. It says, be what? Be what? Anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and... Will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now notice something. When you break this scripture down, it is saying when you become anxious, you need to humbly pray before God because humility and supplication are interlinked. So it's saying when you become anxious about anything, you need to take your prayer to God from a heart and place of humility, right? And leave it at his altar. But then it goes on to say something else. It says, but on everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving why thanksgiving why would i give thanks when i'm anxious why would i give thanks when i'm stressed the reason why is because when you go to god with a heart and attitude and gratitude of thanksgiving it changes your countenance and it changes your stance to an attitude of gratitude and when you do that it changes the way you think, I don't have a job, but thank God I have a roof over my head. It changes the way you think. I don't have much money, but thank God I have food on my table. And that changes your brain mentally. When you do this regularly, it goes on to say that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Do you know why it surpasses all understanding? Because you have every reason to complain, but yet you're being thankful. So when people look at you on the outside, they don't understand why you're being thankful looking at your situation, but it surpasses all understanding. And then the Bible tells us when we do that, the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. Someone say hearts and mind. Now, the second thing we should do with our minds is that we should renew our minds. Tell to the person next to you and say, look, if I could look in your brain, I know that you would need to renew your mind. Okay. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, says, I beseech, I'm going to start talking like that in this day and age. I beseech you. I beseech you, brethren, or I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, I'm going to say, mm hmm, a living sacrifice, holy, mm hmm, 
acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. The word renewing in that scripture comes from a long Greek word, anakarnoesis. Don't ask me to pronounce it again because I probably got it wrong the first time. But what it means is to renovate, to restore different from how it previously was, to change your mind. And we are told to do this, okay? Renew our mind. Now listen, the fact that the word of God tells us to renew our mind means that it is subject to pollution. Otherwise, it wouldn't tell us to renew our mind. And we're told to renew it because it's subject to pollution. The question then is, how do we renew it? Well, we renew it with intentional thinking. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24 says that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be what? Renewed in the spirit of your, in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. In other words, we need to intentionally steer clear of filling our minds with fleshy things. And we need to ask God to renew our minds so that we can put on the new man. This is why the Bible says we must take every thought captive. Because we need to guard our minds so that our minds will not be Polluted. Remember, fleshy thinking weighs the mind down. This is why we are told in Philippians 4.8, whatever things are good, whatever things are noble, whatever things are praiseworthy, what does it say? Meditate on these things. And then it goes on to say, and he will keep you in perfect peace. Meditate on these things and he will will keep you in perfect peace. The third thing we should do with our minds, of course, we should set our minds on the things of God. Tell the person next to you, set your mind on the things of God. Now, I said earlier that when we set our minds on the things of the flesh, it causes our minds to become heavy and it weighs us down. So in order to have a free mind, we need to set our minds on the things of God. Now, how many of you remember that scripture when Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. How many of you remember that? Oftentimes when we read that, we think that's all he said. And he stopped there. But he didn't. Because if you look in your Bibles at Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, Jesus says a few things more to Peter after that. Look at it with me. In Matthew 16, 23, it says, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. That's where we normally stop. But what does he go on to say? You are an offense to me, for you are not... I can't hear you. You are not you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Two categories here. Things of God, things of men. You're not mindful of the things of God. You're mindful of the things of men. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Set your mind on the things above and not on things of the earth. Two categories. One of God, one of the earth. Okay? So you can set your mind on the things of God by seeking to have the mind of Christ, which if you didn't know, the Bible tells us you have. 
prove it to me, Pastor K. I'm going to prove it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the, the mind of Christ. We can't instruct him, but we can have his mind to know what to do and how to think in order to put our minds at peace. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. What does it say? Let this mind, that's the mind of Christ, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You have the mind of Christ. You just need to stay connected to the mind of Christ. So if I was to summarize those three points for you, this is what it would look like. God, renew, set. Someone say God. Someone say renew. Someone say set. God is to protect your mind. How many of you know that the mind is a powerful place? I've recently, confession time, one of the things I was doing in my break, and aside from my studying and you know, praying and preparing as a good pastor should, I also indulged in a little bit of Netflix. And I was watching a series called uh, Queen of the South. Anyone heard of it? Anyone seen it? You Christians, how can you watch Queen of the South? Don't watch it. Very bloody, very gory, okay? Now, for those of you that watch it or have seen it, you know there's a guy in it called Pote. And Pote has a very strong voice, man. Teresa. That's how he talks. Please tell me why when I finish that series, Pote is after me in my dream. <laughs> Telling me that Teresa Mendoza is after me. Because the mind is a powerful place. This is why you need to be careful what you view when you scroll. I know, I know you want to promote SARS. But think about sometimes how those bloody images are getting into your mind. And ask yourself whether you need to disconnect for a moment because of how it's affecting your mind. Because the Bible tells us you need to guard your mind. And sometimes you need to learn how to switch off from something so that it doesn't pollute your mind. Someone say God. Oftentimes, people ask me, do people who commit suicide go to hell because they took their own lives? To which I respond, did they really take their own minds? Or was it an illness? Because when it comes to physical illness and someone dies, we don't question it. But when it comes to suicide, we don't think about it because we don't see it. But oftentimes, suicide isn't because the person chose to. It's really because of the illness that led them to do so. This is why we have to be careful to protect our minds. I don't know if you're aware or not. But actually, let me throw it out to you. Who attempts to commit suicide more, men or women? Hands up if you say men. Hands up if you say women. Actually, it's women that attempt to commit suicide. But men commit more suicide. I read the other day that um, suicide is at its highest it's been in 10 years. A few years ago, I think three years ago, it was 17 suicides a death, uh, 17 suicides a, uh, a day. Last year, it was 
uh, 22 this year, 37. It's just going up and up. 50% of mental health problems are already established by the age of 14. Think about that. 75% by the age of 24. Think about that. I remember having a chat with one of the ladies that serves in our children's ministry about this when we were, well, when I was on my break, he was a child therapist. And um, I was so pleased when I got back from my break to see that one of the things that our children's ministry is looking to do is actually actively design classes around mental well-being for children because we need to start early. And I was so pleased about that because during my break, when I had the opportunity to think about the church and our future and write down the vision that I see for our church, that God has laid in my heart, one of those things was a world-class, theological, outstanding children's ministry. That in the same way parents want their children to get into certain schools, they're going to want their children to come to this Sunday school. I thought that would be a great opportunity to give God praise right now. It's so important that we guard our minds. Someone say guard. We also need to renew our mind, as I mentioned earlier. Renew is to look at things from a different perspective. Oh, Pastor Kunle, you know, because of COVID, uh, you know, people are are leaving the church, they're leaving the faith. Mm, Not really. COVID just gave us an opportunity to really reveal the hearts of man and where they're at. In fact, it's made the church more healthy because we're separating the wheat from the tares. Perspective. Oh, I'm so upset that they betrayed me. Well, better now than later. Because if you didn't see their true colors now, it might have hurt you a little bit later on. You should be thankful that you didn't get past the second day. You could have got to the second year. And that would have broke your heart. You can, you can keep your mind healthy if you change your perspective. Maybe that person didn't give you a dirty look. Maybe they were having a bad day. They're racist, they're racist, black lives matter. Come on, let's not be quick to jump to conclusions about the opinions of man. Rather, let's seek to understand. And in doing so, we keep our minds healthy. God, renew, set. Set your mind on Christ. Seek to ask yourself how Christ would run, respond to a particular situation. When you think about the things you think about, Ask yourself, how would Christ respond to this? It's where we get, what would Jesus do? I know how you would respond, but ask yourself in those moments, what is it that I would do? And does that fall in line with having the mind of Christ and how Jesus would respond? I know I would retaliate. In fact, I was watching a a, a video the other day where somebody made a racial slur to someone and I was so surprised at the guy's response and how calmly he handled it. Because even me, a whole pastor. Something in me just involuntarily would have just. <laughs> what would Christ do in that situation? And how would he respond? Someone say God. Someone say renew. Someone say set. I conclude with a verse that I want you to remember as you go about your week this week. It's taken from Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. And it simply says this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you 
because he trusts in you. Let that be your verse for the week. Whenever you come up against anything, remember Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The Bible tells us to be like-minded. It tells us to be of one mind. And so what we're going to do, church, is we're going to pray for one another. And so I want us to stand. And I want you to turn to the person or persons that you were just speaking to earlier on and ask them, what's the one thing on your mind right now that we can stand in agreement on and pray over? And I'm going to give you two or three minutes just to discuss that with one another and then to pray for one another. You can maintain all social distancing protocols. You don't need to link arms or the like unless you're spouse or you're the same household and, or the like. But just speak to the person next to you and say, what is it that's on your mind that I can pray for? The Bible says we should be like-minded and of one mind. So I want to stand in agreement with you as my brother and sister and we want to pray over this. Go ahead. Would you go and pray? For those of you watching online, what is it that's on your mind that you want us as a church to pray for? What's on your heart? What is it that you've been thinking about time and time and time again that you have been ruminating over is the word I'm looking for. What is it that's been on your mind that we can pray for as a church? We want to know. You can send us a message. You can put the comments in the chat. You can send us a DM privately if you want to. We want to pray that your mind will be healthy. Come on church, let's go ahead and pray.